hopefully it does help um, to raise awareness of rare disease and, and um, yeah, help people to remember Zara and, and the lessons that she taught us all. And it's amazing to think that so many other little girls will be wearing the shirt for a long time to come. G'day and welcome to episode 74 of the Humans of Agriculture podcast. I'm your host, Ollie Laleve, and we're back with a couple of our Antola shirt ambassadors. Today, we're sitting down with Justin and Kate Boshammer. But before we jump into that, I'd like to acknowledge the Camilleroy people, pay my respects to their elders past, present, and emerging, and extend those respects to the First Nations people, wherever you may be listening to this podcast. 15 years ago, Justin and Kate began JK Cattle Company. They stepped out on their own just 10 years ago and through grit, determination and clever business decisions have scaled their Brangus and Angus herd. Both Kate and Justin have been incredibly passionate about cattle. In fact, it's how they first met at the ripe old age of 18. They're a hardworking duo with Kate also having off-farm businesses in website and graphic design. This story has certainly had its challenges None bigger than in 2020. In April, they welcomed baby Zara into the world. But early on, it was evident that Zara's road was going to be a challenging one. The second Zara day is coming up. And in her short time with us, Zara was able to create an incredible legacy. To find out more, follow the link in the show notes. And you can go through to the raffle and auction. I'd like to thank this episode's sponsor. L-A-W-D, the specialists in agribusiness valuations and transactions. To find out more and view their current listings, head to www.lawd.com.au. It's, um, I-, I wish we could be doing it in person, but uh, I guess, yeah, we'd, we'd love to know whereabouts are you guys coming in from and how, how have things been uh, f- for you guys, I, g- I guess, this year up in Queensland? Uh, certainly for the rural business, uh, it's been as good as it's ever been. I mean, uh, the weather's been on the inside and the commodity prices are really strong. So, uh, yeah, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing. You wouldn't have thought this would be where, where beef industry and, and, and the amount of rain we've sort of had this year is. But anyway, you, you sort of take it while you can, while it's happening. Well, and be grateful for it. So we're from near Condamine in the Western Downs of Queensland and, yeah, about four and a half hours west of Brisbane. I guess, has Condamine always been home for you, Justin, or whereabouts did you guys grow up? No, I grew up at Chinchilla. I'm basically home, our home to my childhood home is 100 k's. So, and we moved here in 2012. Uh, keen to make it go ourselves and we're fortunate enough to find Elgin to, to lease and got us going into the rural, got our rural business going a bit more than what it, than what it was. And was, um, w- was farming always on the cards for you from, from a young age or, yeah, what kind of, what were your interests as a young fella? Yeah, I think so. I, I definitely... Grew up in the, 
that space and, and business has always been an interest of mine as well. And, and uh, I guess it was just what I grew up with and, and uh, felt quite passionate about it. And that followed on to further studies and, and working around the country and overseas. And I guess from the outset, it was because you, you grew up with this bit of a thing that there's, there's um, no future in agriculture as such. And, but you would see other people about you and, and, and question that. You'd say, well, it can't be that bad. Um, so, um, so I was just, myself personally, I was just always inquisitive for further knowledge and skills to make it work on so many levels. So definitely went, I just soaked in as much information as I could and sometimes I probably should have had my ears open more than that at times. But, but nonetheless, you, you grow up through that and um, um, it, there's just so many people and organisations to be thankful for that have helped us to where we are and, and it's, yeah, certainly where we are today from where we've come from, it's it's an amazing and grateful feeling. And and on that point, I, I guess around future and, and careers in agriculture, Kate, for you, with with your upbringing around Dungog in New South Wales, you were on the family farm as well, weren't you? Yeah, I grew up um, yeah, near a little town called Dungog in the Hunter Valley. Um, my family and ancestors had been beef producers there for a long time, and um, my parents had commercial and seed stock cattle when I was growing up. And when I went away to school in Tamworth at Calrossi, that's when I um, started getting a little bit more involved in um, junior judging and, and showing and that sort of thing. And I think that was a great um, pathway for me into the industry on a broader level that led me to being involved with um, youth organisations of um, you know, across a few different areas, and particularly Angus Youth, which is how Justin and I met. And that, yeah, I guess um, following school, I met Justin. And and in terms of a career in agriculture, I always knew that I wanted to be on the land. And it's amazing how. Um, innovation can occur in necessity and that led I guess our location and being involved with Justin's family seed stock business that led to me establishing my business uh, 12 years ago Kabosh Creative and I specialised in uh, website design and development for rural and regional businesses and doing our sale catalogues and, and that sort of work for other seed stock operations over that time. Also, so it's been a great way that I can be involved in the industry and connect with other amazing um, operations and people across Australia, but still be involved in our farming operation and live where we live. So I'm very grateful for that. I'd love to let the the comment slide, which you just slipped in there, that it was through the Angus youth that you two met was... Was this just a, was it a chance encounter or, or did we start to attend a couple more of those events um, to bump into each other? <laughs> uh, we'd both been involved with it for a little while and, and we, 
yeah, got to meet in person at an event in Victoria, actually. So it's amazing how organisations like that can help connect like-minded people from everywhere. So we're grateful for that and um, our involvement with that has, yeah, helped continue to lead on to to us being Angus seed stock producers now as well as Frangus. So. Hi, I'm Pia, horticulture and sugar analyst at Rabobank, and I'm here to share our latest insights on Australia's vegetable market. Did you know in 2023, Australia produced over $5.8 billion worth of vegetables, though only 4.3% of this was exported. Like many other countries, the Australian vegetable industry relies mostly on its domestic market. In fact, only 7% of global vegetables produced are traded between countries. But we are starting to see that trend change. Global trade is growing at a faster rate than production, and countries with low cost production are seeing the highest growth rates. You can learn more about trends in the vegetable market on our latest Rabo Research Australia podcast, Mapping World Vegetable Trade, or reach out to me via the Rabobank Australia social media channels to learn more. Big advocates for the breed. Now, Justin, I want to jump into JK Cattle Company and stepping out of your own and, and going down, I, I, yeah, creating your own business. What, what instigated that move and, and led to that for you guys? Yeah, certainly. And, um, yeah, I've always had a, a thirst for knowledge and to work out how to, how to, how to comfortably get ahead or how to have the, uh, how to have the, um, thought, um, all the knowledge to, to make it happen. So I, um, I just went to everything that I could to try and find out more. Uh, and that even led to the Arm Beef Producers Forum, and which was why it was established. Um, but it, and I'm happy to give these people a plug, but it wasn't really until I'd done that last year's grazing for profit that things had really opened up and I just became empowered. It was so, just, this is just purely the financial side. So I, I just felt empowered how to how to write it all down in a spreadsheet and be comfortable and confident that you could deliver on what you budgeted or what figures you'd put in. And, and as life's gone on, I've, I've really developed a passion for landscape health. So if anything's come naturally to me, it's probably looking at that um, well, I feel at the moment, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm certainly open to challenging that. But I definitely feel getting through the, I keep talking about drought and all of that. I think you really need to embrace that and just accept that's part of agriculture and you need to develop a skill set how to manage the fluctuating, the varying seasons and, and still still have a cash flow because it was all about cash flow for us in the beginning. There was no security to leverage on. So um, which was uh, fantastic and 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 achievable and and I'd certainly encourage anyone out there that's lacking capital that there are options out there to become a uh, successful farmer or grazier or someone in agriculture farming. 
Yeah, it's a really it's a really good case study that you guys have have done. So I picked up then around the Young Beef Producers Forum, and so so was that your way of kind of bringing people together because you wanted kind of I guess the the shortcut way of getting that information for yourself, and and was that the real crux behind it? Yeah, and I, I guess I'd had that exposed to Angus yeah, earlier on, and but it, once you've left school and uni and, you know, there's more to it than uh, dragging an animal around. So um, that was, in terms of further education, it was it was getting like-minded people together and, and we treated it as a business. Like our whole program was there to sell it to, to if you read the speakers and, the, and whatever was involved in it, that... Uh, you just wanted to put petrol in your car and off you went to this event. So that, uh, in some ways, that was awesome too to feel that success that because we did, we did get lots of people come to those events and and because that started from nothing too. And uh, I didn't even know how to do GST then, but anyway, it was good. <laughs> um, um, so there was. It's a learning experiences, but we just knew it would work and it, and it did and it has continued to. Another part which I'm interested in I, from starting the, the business and either of you can, can jump in and answer this, but the vision for it of where it kind of began 15 years ago, is it still on track for, for where you guys saw it going or maybe, yeah, kind of from a younger person's perspective who's kind of looking at getting into the industry and following you guys, how much has, has has the journey changed or that path, yeah, become unclear? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I um, like I used to think visions and goals, or not goals, but visions and values. Visions and values was a bit airy fairy, but uh, um, but now through our law, that has become so important. Probably particularly the value side of it, but. Um, but, I, you know, you can't discredit the the, edge, the further education along the road to sort of <laughs> help you guide to your to your vision. But I also, um, there's a great YouTube clip with Tim Minchin at the at some university that he graduated and And one of his comments was uh, around don't get too long-sided with your goals, just be more short because, yes, you might achieve that long-term goal and then you'll die. So, oh, you know, that was just how he put it. So I just, I think you, um, as soon as you get too long-term, you may put the blinkers on and, and not look outside you uh, what other opportunities might be presenting. And, and sometimes if you get too long-term and, and the you get a roadblock, then you might get stuck at that roadblock and and um, not be looking out either side. So there's probably a balance there to answer your question short, in the short version, probably a balance between long-term and short-term and, and, and also getting clarity on what your values are as a person and therefore that can enable you to get clarity on what your tribe is as such, because we all need a support network to, and, and it, it is a journey. So why not share that journey with some pretty cool people that you also see that you share values with and, 
your bad city circle and it's yeah why not share it on that on that piece of the tribe and, and you mentioned that you guys have done the rcs course which was quite yeah a game changer for the business who else have you guys kind of got in in your corner and who do, who do you guys bring together to bounce those ideas off um yeah so then we i guess the el led us down to some more people than me um but certainly uh john moore on the sunshine case he's been fantastic with us of late and and there, there are so many other people too along the along the way but we just find our best relationships are those with that have similar values so we've had the least properties to get to where we are and and we've had lots of no's uh, throughout the whole process. Uh, but generally speaking, if if our values are aligned, you you can get you can get to a win-win sort of agreement. Um, much easier if you're all seeing a circle uh, because your values are similar. So um, don't get me wrong. There's challenges, and you need to. You need it can't be just all written down. You actually have to execute and action on what you promised. This podcast has been produced in collaboration with Antola Trading. Owned and designed in Outback Australia, Antola have always been known for making some of the best quality work shirts money can buy. But their latest collection is extra special. As you're probably well aware now, Antola's founder, Alicia McClymouth, has chosen 23 men and women who she sees are doing incredible things across regional and rural Australia as the Antola ambassadors. And we're here to tell their story through the Humans of Agriculture podcast. Made from 100% cotton, the shirts are perfect for those long hours in the sun and a hard day's work. And what's more, with every purchase of their new season's kids shirt, Antola will donate $2 to the Ronald McDonald House charity in Brisbane to help those families who have to travel far in order to help sick kids. You can find out more at www.entolatrading.com. I want to jump across to, to talking about Zara and, and Zara's day because in April of last year, Zara was born um, and it's the beginning of what is an incredibly tough and turbulent road for both of you and and off the back of that has created a real legacy in, in the work you're doing. But I was just wondering if you'd be able to share a little bit more about um, Zara's journey and, and the year that 2020 was. Yeah, sure. Well, as you mentioned, Ollie, in April 2020, we welcomed our second child, um, Zara, and... Yeah, it was from that night that we had her that, yeah, our lives changed as we knew them and we would start down a path that we could never have expected. And it was, yeah, full of a lot of challenges, um, but it also brought with it um, transcendence and, and gratitude and so many amazing things as well. So, Zara was um, born with a number of challenges and that meant that she spent the first three weeks of her life in special care nursery in Toowoomba and then the following sort of three to four months we were travelling to Brisbane 
every week um, for medical appointments and procedures and therapy um, at Queensland Children's Hospital. And it was a really tough time and we were exploring different um, diagnosis for her and there was never a point where we, I guess, had all of the information or had any answers, I suppose. Um, and we would just learn more things as time went by and, and when she was four months old, um, we finally received the diagnosis um, that Zara had an extremely rare and severe genetic chromosomal condition um, called Pallister-Killian syndrome. And that's something I'd never heard of. And it was heartbreaking for us when we learnt from the geneticist about what that would mean for Zara and her life. And it, it affects children um, in a lot of different ways from head to toe, really. And with it comes a lot of medical and developmental challenges. Um, it's a life long and life limiting condition. So there's no known cause and there's no cure for it. Um, every symptom or challenge just needs to be treated accordingly and individually. So um, what I guess the future that Zara was facing and, and we were facing as a family was um, a life for Zara that would mean severe to profound disability and a lot of medical challenges that, um, you know, could be extremely varied. And when she was four, uh, four months old, um, we were, yeah, she went into respiratory distress at home and we were flown by the Royal Flying Doctor Service to Brisbane and, and that was the beginning of what would become a six-week stay in, in Queensland Children's Hospital. And more things were revealed then and, and more testing was done. And, um, yeah, when we came home, Zara was on full-time oxygen and... She had a nasal gastric tube for feeding. Um, so it was, it really is a journey, like you're in the, the really difficult daily challenges of, of the care and the treatment and everything that's required and trying to learn as much as you can about your baby's future and their prognosis and just do the best you can for them but start, try to stay strong during that time and and that's when we experienced incredible support from people around us and um, when we finally did come home from hospital uh, from that stay we did have amazing quality time with Zara and and we had come to acceptance and her medical treatments had slowed down a lot. So we could just enjoy a little bit more normality as a family, being at home and on the farm and in the garden. And it was a new normal. It was, you know, with adjustments and, and different ways of, of looking after your baby. But um, we had, you know, accepted and I guess surrendered to 
knowing that there are a lot of unknowns, but this was to be her life and and is to be our lives. And, yeah, it wasn't too much later that um, Zara was flown again to Brisbane and, um, yeah, very soon after that she passed away from severe respiratory complications. So she was nearly seven months old when that happened and, yeah, it was a really hard thing to to go through because we um, had to say goodbye to this little girl that we, you know, we loved and accepted for exactly who she was and, and that you lost his little sister. And, yeah, it's been a big journey, but I know that she's now free from pain and struggle and her body is now healed and, and her soul was already perfect. So that's been our, our last year, really, I guess, or year and a half. We're now approaching one year of Zara's anniversary and, and, and we're holding um, fundraising again under Zara's day like we did last year. So I'm so sorry, but thank you for sharing because, yeah, far out, it's... Um heartbreaking um can, can i can i ask shifting the dial from extreme grief and tragedy and loss and then going okay well, well zara has been in our our lives for and the world for seven months and then this legacy which um she's it, it's incredible that what you guys were able to to do kind of immediately and then again coming around to the first anniversary and the the second fundraising this year but what was the what shifted the dial in terms of yeah creating Zara's day and and the the work that would kind of come off the back of that yeah so after Zara passed away it was in the first few days that we we, I guess, came up with the concept of doing something in her memory and we were planning her funeral during that time, which was just the most special and perfect day in so many ways. And when we had made the decision that we would do something more as well, um, we had an incredible amount of support from friends and family to help us make that a reality and during that, I think it was a, a week to 10 days, um, we were able to organise um, a, a GoFundMe page that was online during that time and, and then also organise Zara's Day, which was an afternoon in our garden after Zara's funeral, which was attended by over 200 people. And we held a raffle and a live auction and a silent auction and everything was donated from really generous people and businesses who supported it. And through Zara's Day and the GoFundMe and an, an auction on Instagram, which was organised by Wattle and Twine, um, we were able to raise $150,000 for the Steve Waugh Foundation, which supports children and families who are affected by rare disease and the Royal Flying Doctor Service Queensland section and we were also able to put 
to high flow oxygen facilities into our local Miles Hospital because they previously didn't have any and that was something that Zara needed when she was admitted. So it was an incredible thing to be a part of and, and an amazing feeling to know that from such grief and such a devastating time in losing Zara that we were all also together doing something quite amazing to help so many other people in her memory. And, and this year we've decided to hold Zara's Day again, this time not as an in-person event but all online through an online raffle which raised funds for the Royal Flying Doctor Service and an online auction which will raise funds for the Steve Waugh Foundation and so they do incredible work in supporting children and young adults with rare disease. They provide life-changing grants for therapy and for equipment. Um, it's a really tough road at times to walk when you have a child with a rare disease and often there is no diagnosis and there is a certain amount of support that you can receive through the NDIS, which is an incredible scheme, but there are things beyond that that can help improve lives and for families and enhance the quality of life for those children that are not covered. And that's where the Steve War Foundation can help with, with providing assistance to make a huge difference in the lives of these families who are already experiencing so many challenges so it's a privilege and and our purpose to continue to help both of these organizations and it's been through Zara that we've been able to be shown that and and be able to to pursue this in her legacy and we're very grateful for that another way which um her her legacy is continuing is so she so you guys have have come on as um the zara shirt ambassadors but zara's got her own antola workwear uh or antola trading workwear shirt named after her which is is really cool um and her story is is really one part of that and out of it we hope that it's able to help raise awareness of um children with rare diseases and also the incredible work which um organizations like the ronald mcdonald house do but then as you guys have mentioned through your work with the Steve Orr Foundation and Royal Flying Doctors Service, um, like rural Australia couldn't exist without the, the um, Royal Flying Doctors Service and, and, and the work they've, they've done. Um, yeah, what, what, do you, what was it kind of like, I guess, when um, Alicia reached out uh, and, yeah, was chatting to you guys about creating a Zara shirt? Yeah, I think it was... Yeah, we were so touched. It's a beautiful gesture and hopefully it does help um, to raise awareness of rare disease and, and um, yeah, help people to remember Zara and, and the lessons that she taught us all. And it's amazing to think that so many other little girls will be wearing her shirt for a long time to come. So, yeah, it's a really special thing. I'll have so, to... Um... I've got a niece who's coming into the world in the next few weeks, so I'll have to um, I'll have to get onto one for her, actually. Absolutely. And we actually have 
a Zara shirt that has been donated by Antola Trading for Zara's Day online auction that will be available as well. I just want to add, I guess, for us when we're, we're going through a tough period, and this is the whole reason, or a lot of the reason, I wouldn't say it's all the reason, but it's a lot of the reason why, why, why we continue to um, raise awareness and, and do a lot for Zara's Day is because when you when you're, are in a tough spot, you really do draw on experiences of people that may have been in a similar scenario. And, and you really can't get that unless you've been in a tough situation. And so it's that, that, to, that for me personally is, is the why. Um, uh, yeah, and it's because you it's 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 just such a it's just such a tough spot um, when you come up against something that that really flattens you, and that could be different for everyone, anyone, depending on how people are, how their strengths and weaknesses are, or or however we're put together. Um, but but it is really drawing on those experiences and. And and definitely, any funds that are raised will, will also certainly help help those people that are that are still on a journey. And, it, and it's important to know what that lens is. Like, it's uh, additional needs or life limiting conditions or or disability can take many meanings, and and it. And it, it's um, so it's it's difficult to to take the one lens on it and say it's a tragic event because there are there are there are little, there are people around us that that do have more obvious signs of of challenges. So I don't want to be viewed as as some on the challenge. So it is aware, I guess the long and short, it, it is awareness and it's and it's it's empathy and it's compassion and it's and it's acceptance. But we just hope hope you know we're we're helping helping some people out there. Yeah well and I think raising awareness and, and the profile of of it is incredible and it's really is the it's like anything it's removing kind of the stigma and the the first way to do it is by talking about it and um yeah i think for for you guys sharing your story the amount of people who you may never ever meet um but because you guys have done it is going to impact them or impact their lives or open them up to a, a different way of thinking is is incredibly powerful I ask everyone who comes on, um, what what advice would they, they get the chance to go and talk to a, a bunch of year 10 students and what advice would you give to those year 10 students? Um, uh, for you, both of you, you guys met when you were teenagers um, and have been on a journey probably which you, 
would have been unimaginable. But what advice would you give to those year 10 students? Yeah. Well, I would say that struggle or challenge in life is basically inevitable for most people. And I would say don't be afraid of that or don't think negatively if things don't seem to be going to plan. You just need to have faith during those times um, because it's during those hard times that we are able to experience personal growth and discover our purpose and we can fulfil our potential beyond what we could have ever imagined. Sometimes growth can be painful um, and it is hard to go through, but we do get to know ourselves and other people on a deeper level and we are blessed with a greater understanding of empathy and compassion and and they're amazing things to be able to give to other people and, and ways to live your life. So I would say, yeah, embrace the hard times and surrender, surrender to it and, and you can get through these things. Yeah, and I'd, I'd certainly add, if you can figure out what gets you out of bed in the morning, just what really drives you, what, what really can you not stop thinking about? Um, because it's it's when you can get to that level of this is just a business type or like a, what your life, what your journey will be, um, what your definition of success is. If you can get to a level of what that is to really think that you can't stop thinking about, and you just want you just want to get out there and grab it. Um, that that's a really cool place to get to, but also know that it there are long days where you just feel like you're not going anywhere, um, but you're still making progress, and be open to be open to new learnings. Um, be aware of your ego, but don't let it get in front of a poor decision, it, and that's tough, but you can come to such a, an amazing person. Uh, and it is, it's about trying to be the best version of yourself and trying to be bizarre. And, and if you are that determined and disciplined to live by them, they'll become habits and, and that will... And everyone's definition or version of what that is will be different, but uh, that's just that's a fulfilling life right there. Uh, Absolutely, that's my version. <laughs> no, and no, I actually just I love asking that question because it's funny. Like no two people ever kind of come at it from the same angle, and yeah. everyone's advice is kind of different. Thank you so much, both of you for joining us before we wrap up this episode we did did want to mention kate the so we've got the auction and the raffle opening very soon or actually by the time this airs it, the um the raffle would have opened and and the auction will be coming up yeah so zara's day for 
2021, um, the online raffle raising funds for the Royal Flying Doctor Service Queensland section um, opened on the 14th of October and it will be open through until the 14th of November. So there's plenty of time for people to get their tickets. We have $10,000 worth of amazing raffle prizes and the online auction raising funds for the Steve War Foundation will open on the 29th of October for 10 days, closing on the 7th of November. And it will <clears throat> all be accessible um, on zarasday.com.au. And we have over $47,000 worth of amazing auction items that and there's really something for everyone there from art, accommodation, um, rural products, and yeah, plenty of things that could appeal to a wide range of people. So um, please visit zarasday.com.au um, for more information. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram. And we would be so grateful if you would like to follow us. It truly is a remarkable story that both Kate and Justin have shared in this journey from meeting as young 18 year olds and what would happen over their time or time so far in building the business and going out on their own and creating these opportunities to then be dealt with um, the loss of, of Zara last year. As part of the Zara's Day giveaway and I'll share some more info on, on Zara's Day and how you can get involved. Kate and Antola Trading have teamed up to offer an exciting giveaway for Humans of Agriculture listeners. One lucky listener will win their shirt of choice from Antola Trading. Postage is included Australia-wide and it's up to a value of $80. To enter, you just need to follow the link in our show notes. It's zarasday.com.au forward slash HOA and sign up to the Zara's Day mailing list. You can follow Zara's Day on Facebook and or Instagram. Entries will close on Sunday the 31st of October. The Zara's Day online raffle is currently open as well and will close on the 14th of November and their online auction kicks off on Friday the 29th of October, closing on Sunday the 7th. All funds raised in the raffle are going to the Royal Flying Doctors Service, Queensland section, and all funds raised in the auction are donated to the Steve War Foundation, supporting children with rare diseases.